0: Hey Pals, so it's a bit of a different episode today. It's a beautiful, beautiful story by a fabulous soul, but it does have a bit of a dark edge to it. And so I wanted to give you a bit of a heads up that if you're not in the headspace for a bit of darkness or there's things in your past that could be easily triggered, we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff. So if that is not your jam, that is totally understandable. Maybe we'll catch you next episode. I'm going to pop resource in the show notes for you if that's what you need uh, for a bit of support. Otherwise, it's time to get rolling. Let's do it welcome to this biz life the podcast that uncovers the heart of entrepreneurs through their story i'm your host lizzie mccauley a copywriter and copy coach with a massive soft spot for small business owners and entrepreneurs i truly believe that storytelling is at the core of building any business and that our unique story is our marketing superpower each episode, I'll introduce you to a new business-owning legend brave enough to share their story. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be inspired to share yours too. Ready to roll? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, hello again. Welcome back to another episode of This Biz Life. Of course, I'm Lizzie McCauley, your happy, happy, happy host. And I have another fabulous guest for you today, uh, this is another one of our international guests, the fabulous Leon Shaw. Now, Leon is a motherhood advocate who understands the collective yet unique experience it brings. Um, having navigated through all phases of motherhood, including including even the toughest for her as an empty nester, she now uses her experience to inspire and support fellow moms in all phases of their lives, but focuses on the challenges of empty nesters, which she calls empty nexters. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> Le- Le- Leon specializes in supporting moms on their personal healing journey to embrace self-love, self-compassion, and self-confidence. And what a fabulous undertaking that is. Hey, Leon, how you doing? Hey, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for such a nice uh, introduction. <laughs>
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: Hey, introduction. no. Introduction, yes. I love it and do you know what we just talked about off mic is that we have you said you're coming up for a one-year anniversary of us having known each other very exciting yes, Nobody, it is. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing we mark often enough I think uh like <laughs> anniversaries or getting to know you-versaries so I'm very pleased that that it was on your radar at all <laughs>
1: Oh, well, I I think that meeting you a year ago was marked uh, a huge shift in, in my entrepreneurship. You know, it was, (laughs) it was just before I took a a big cheap uh, jump out of working for anyone else and Left out on my own in June, but we met at the end of March last year. So I'm really happy that we're
0: meeting today. Yes, and of course I'm not taking credit for any of the big big changes in your life. <laughs> and it just so happens that we happen to run into each other yeah. in the same space at the same time. But I love the idea of 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 um all of us marking our our friendships and remembering the same way we do with our our sort of more romantic relationships and things too. I think it's very, very special. So Mm. (laughs) we're in for a good chat today. I feel like we've always just had this extra special affinity uh, with each other, even though we're, you know, on the opposite sides of the world and it's very night time for you. And it's kind of morning for me and it feels great, you know, <laughs> different worlds, same big hearts. So you want to help people and and make life good. Hey, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I
1: love it too. And, um, I'm looking forward to many more anniversaries
0: Yay! of friendship with you. There yes. we go. Maybe we will have to be in the same, t- same time zone at some point and, and really Oh, wouldn't that be? That, we that. should make that happen. It should happen. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Travel is good. Yes. So, Leon, I'm not sure if you are fully versed in the This Bees Life universe, but here's how today's going to run. So we have five... Key questions that everybody gets asked in the same order, basically, so I can have a bit of a snoop and everybody listening can kind of have a bit of a peek behind the curtain on what brought you here, what makes you tick, why you do what you do, how, you know, how you operate. In the world and how that affects right. the world, I guess, at large as well. Um, and we were just having a bit of a chat about this. The reason that I do that mm. is because I truly believe that everybody has a story to tell and it's these different stories, these different starting points, even when we're operating in similar industries these differences are our greatest strengths and the things that we need to talk about most. uh, And they're super, super interesting. So that's, that's kind of the point. Do you, yeah, I think we're going to be in for a a rollicking ride with your story. Uh Ah, yes. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to share. Great. Well, let's dive in then. Like, let's just capitalize Mm -hmm. on that excitement and let's dive straight in, shall we? All right. I'm ready. Question first, (laughs) possibly a softball question. (laughs) What's your story, Leon? Oh,
1: oh boy. What's your story?
0: (laughs) So I I thought
1: about this. I, I thought about this. What's my story? And of course, um, I love that you um, embrace that everyone has a story, and and that's what makes us unique and important. So, um, my story kind of begins with my relationship with my mother. Cool. Um, I had a very atypical upbringing, it, um, and I think even living, it doesn't really matter who we are. Anywhere we all, we all have unique up bringings and um lives but my my life my parents were uh involved in a religious community mm-hmm. and so i was i was separated from my family at at a very young age i was actually okay. 11 or 12 when i stopped living in a family unit
0: wow
1: i lived in a community unit okay um and so i experienced a lot of different moms and a lot of different women and parenting styles. Nice. Um but mostly I I was able to be I've always been an observer of the human condition from very young. I had to be very quiet and uh and really an observer in order to just survive. And I'm I'm going to stop being a little coy about that, but um there will uh, the community, uh, did break down the family unit a lot wow. where my mother was a family unit person. She was very devoted to her children. So this was, it was traumatic for her and it was traumatic for all of us. Um, and I was married off, wow. um, at 14 to a man that I didn't know whoa so i'm dropping my
0: story here you I go Love it. this is this i mean i don't love it. Is in in that i'm relishing it but wow i've never yeah. met anybody with such a, an extreme start to life i suppose is how i put it carry on wow yeah
1: so um i'm telling the story be from from the vantage point of the observer sure because the one thing that i i can say is well it was traumatic for me. It was a very traumatic upbringing, not being in a family unit. There was no, I'm not really a comparison person. I didn't really ever fall into comparison because I'm more of a, more of a survival. Like what, what do I need to do to keep me safe?
0: Sure.
1: What did happen to me in all of that is it made me a people pleaser. Gotcha.
0: Sure. Right.
1: I, I kept the, the, other mommies around me happy mm-hmm. and my, my husband, my new husband, when I was very young, um, I had my first child um, in that marriage wow. and I was 16 <gasps> when he was born Jeez. Um, and I experienced, uh, I did lose him. He died when he was wow. um, eight months old no. and still kind of, that was the, let's see. I don't want to glaze over that. No. Losing my son was, uh, he was mine. My son was the first thing with the broken, with the breakdown of family Sorry. and the breakdown of belonging. I, belonging was out of my life. Right. I, he was mine. Okay. So he was truly my first love and losing him yeah. was the most devastating, still is. Yeah, the most devastating thing that happened in my, in my life. Absolutely. Um, but we, again, thinking about my role and in the world and I kept, I kept going back and I was very, very faithful. I kept leaning back into faith of a higher power. I believed in God. I was, I was in a very highly structured religious community that didn't feel authentic to me so there there the the structure the culture that um that they were living didn't align with this all loving all accepting gotcha. divine being gotcha. that i felt connected to Sure. i had my second child when i was 19 wow. and i ran away i ran away from that that relationship mm-hmm. um so Technically, I kidnapped my youngest child, wow. my my second son, um, who is probably 37 this this month. Wow. <laughs> um but um that was the first big decision that I made for myself. Yes. Because I knew that life the life that I was
0: living did not align with who I was. Gotcha. That's scary, man. And that must have been absolutely terrifying for you. How brave are you? It was liberating. Yes,
1: terrifying. But I, I knew fear. You know, I was somebody that lived in fear. Sure. Um, and I lived in in a world that that wasn't safe for me. And so for me to make a decision to find a world that was safe for me was um liberating. Yeah. It was empowering. I went on to go on and build a life for myself. I went to school. I put myself through school. I took care of my son and I started working. I started with a little, little manpower jobs. Cause I need, I didn't even know how to type, you know, oh, um, manpower is a, a temporary agency here in the U S and, uh, that's how I bought my first jobs. And that's how I supported my son. I had a second son um from a brief romance <laughs> because i had to figure out my life know, figure out what love was and wasn't what i read in the harlequin romances oh what that's it not, wasn't that's not- no, <laughs> no 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 anyway no it wasn't it wasn't that and i was uh, very disappointed <laughs> that my knight in shining armor wasn't going to come in and and uh fix everything for me and swoop me off my feet and save me.
0: No. Take me off to a big cancel. You know that that's the thing, though. I, I think that's a surprisingly universal experience. Like, obviously, not the the yeah. start of of things, but quite a lot of us, mm. regardless of where we've come from, have these expectations about love and romance and and what it means to be in a partnership or a relationship or to raise a family that that just have no basis in reality at all. So, we've kind mm. of got to go through the not not to the extremes that you've experienced, but there is an element of bursting the bubble that kind of needs to happen. Yes, absolutely.
1: You have to burst the bubble and you have to continually learn, you know, and finally get to the, the, the part where every decision that you make in life is for you, you, it, it lives within side of you. And it's not really about, it's not really about other people's decisions and there's no there's no, just because you're a people pleaser. So, so I was a people pleaser. So why wouldn't I be able to find that person? It took me, um, so now I had two sons. I was on my own and I had two sons. I finally did meet my now husband. Um, and we have two more sons. I have four sons now. (laughs) So, but, um, a busy. Household. I have I, I have a busy busy household, but you know I'll fast. That was a long time ago. I I mentioned that my son was my middle son was turning thirty seven. So w- we have four sons mm. and eight grandchildren, and yes. we live you know a a beautiful happy life. Mm. And it was it was a struggle. This you know total struggle street. You know with with our you know being a young mom trying to fit in, trying to be you know make money and raise good, you know, solid children that were warm and loving and Mm -hmm. also independent and strong and build relationships and build careers and all of those things while watching the human condition, watching people around me. And I realized that I was still watching for somebody else to give me the secret, the secret to, um, feeling, And feeling peaceful and finding a place where I could be peaceful.
0: Right. You know,
1: where I wasn't, I was always still I was still struggling all the way through through many years into my marriage in my career, constantly looking for somebody else to tell me what it was that I needed. So I was always searching and digging for somebody to I think save me. Honestly, you know, when I when I talk about that. Constantly looking from the time I was young for sure. somebody to save me. So what I was wearing was the victim coat gotcha. constantly and it was visible. What made the change for me mm-hmm. was people have always come to me because I'm peaceful on the outside. Gotcha. You know, I hold, I've, I've always been able to hold space for people mm-hmm. and I've always been able to be curious about their human condition and what's mm-hmm. happening with them. And mm-hmm. But I never really felt Right. Gotcha. So I started studying. Ah. I started studying. I started doing my own kind of self development. Read some incredible authors. Um, studied with some some uh, mystics and some relationship people. And um, there are there are authors and teachers that I am forever, forever grateful for.
0: Beautiful.
1: My career even in my career, I kept being disappointed by the people.
0: Right. Cause they weren't weren't the ones giving you all the answers because the answers weren't. weren't... Gotcha.
1: Right. So I decided that I wasn't going to be that person for anybody else. Amazing. I wanted to to make sure that I was different for the people that came to me that needed me.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: That's why, that's why I started on this path. Yeah. Um, It took me over over the last 14 years studying and learning and going to school and um, becoming certified and becoming credentialed, internationally credentialed as a coach, because the one thing that I realized in all of this was the problems that happen and the healing that happens, Mm. a lot of it happens at the side of the mother, in the heart of the mother yes I see so that right so going all the way back right
0: mm. go ahead you were going to ask me something <laughs> well it's difficult I suppose to do that healing if your mother is not in that in the picture anymore as well how are you supposed to do your healing right. she can't do hers for herself let alone for you so you you must have right. been a bit of a pickle for for a good proportion yeah. of your life, well, what 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 do I do?
1: So this is where I am. Sure. If so, thinking of the relationship I had with my mother and how important it was to me.
0: Yeah.
1: And how easily, as a mother of adult children who mm. have children, mm. right? So now I'm an empty nester, and how important my relationship with my children is. Yeah. In the strength of their parenting. And the strength of our family and holding our history and holding a safe space for actually keeping connection, right? As humans, connection is the most important thing. When you think of the person that you need, it really almost to a fault, even if there is not, even if there is a broken relationship with a mother, people have regrets about their relationship with their mother. Mothers have re- regrets about their relationship with their children. Sure. And so that's where my focus, that's why my focus came to the empty nester. Mm. The empty nest, as mothers of young children, from the time our children are born, from the time our children are born, they become our focus. Everything, anything they need. What they're eating, whether they're cold, are they happy? Are, do they need anything? Are they, you know, I mean, you know, like you could go through anything, but you're a mom and you understand it's it's everything, yeah, exactly. all the way through, and then it ends very quickly. The needing you ends very quickly, sure, and it's almost like falling off of a cliff. Gotcha. For many of us moms, mm. we're prepared. Right, we prepare. We know we're we've they're gonna they're going to be successful. We've set them up to be successful Mm. out in the world. They've got everything they need, and we trust it. But for me, what happened when my children? Oh, say, let me let me stick with that. For many moms, when the children leave, it is such a traumatic event Mm. of pretending to be happy and celebrating and really being tortured and tormented inside because wow. the role has changed so much. Many women, and if you think about it, many women, this at this juncture, they stop. They lose purpose. Yeah. They don't know how to focus on themselves. They don't know how to maintain a relationship or build a relationship, a new kind of relationship with their adult children. it's a different it's a different role but it's still a
0: mom role it's still a mom role but it's more would you say that it's it's closer once they're once they're fully grown adults is it closer to friendship than parenthood or is it just a whole different category again it's closer to friendship it's
1: more of a uh a loved a a very loved confidant it's it's Mm. somebody that can still cherish somebody who knows your history yes not having my mother here she there's no one that knows my history like my mother right so it's that yeah (laughs) it's that it's 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 helping moms
0: make that transition Mm. gracefully that's interesting I I I see so much of the value in that Uh, I wondered about as you were speaking Leon I was wondering about for a lot of the time as parents, our focus tends to be on preparing the kids for this moment and and doing everything we can to have a, a successful transition into adulthood and and into their own space. And you know, we teach them how to cook, we teach them how to tie their shoelaces, you know, how to interact with other people, all these things. But we don't spend uh, well by the sounds of it, and I certainly haven't given it the slightest moment's thought of well, but how how are we preparing ourselves? for the -hmm. next phase. And that's kind of where you come in, right? Where you're like, oh, I've got some answers to that. And it isn't ignore it until it's too late.
1: (laughs) Right. It's not ignore it till it's too late. And and also, you know, a a healthy understanding that there is a major feeling. And the only thing I can really kind of tie it to is when you first become a mother, Mm. you know, you, you know, all the way through your pregnancy, you're preparing. Yeah. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know. You're like, hopefully, mm-hmm. anybody listening, right? All the way through your pregnancy, you mm-hmm. know you're you're so excited, you're mm-hmm. a little bit nervous, more nervous about the birth, maybe every time. Yeah. And and the <laughs> actual birth experience, and is the baby gonna be healthy, but there's not a real understanding of what happens. Yeah, the minute that child is placed in your arms or on your yeah. chest mm-hmm. against your skin. There's nothing that can explain. The shift that your life happens, but oh, what wow. happens when your children go, mm. all of those things that you do every day, you know, do they, do you have your lunch? Do you have gas for your car? What, yes. you know, have you done your homework? All of those things, mm. they walk out the door
0: Let's see. and yeah. they
1: don't want any part of that anymore. And mm-hmm. they don't need it. They might need it, but they have to figure out what we did. There are some mothers that do it so beautifully and there are some moms that really struggle and there's some moms that really cause a terrible, terrible block uh, in their relationship based on how they manage their own emotions and how they're feeling. So since we can't really prepare people, Mm. just like you can't prepare somebody for that magical feeling that happens for most moms, not all, when a child is born, it's very hard to prepare them. Gotcha. For that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, yeah, I, I'm clearly just, that's the type A overachiever bit of me going, right. There's there's something I can study. There's an answer to it now. I'm definitely <laughs> going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to know yes. now. Tell me about it now. <laughs> but I, I suppose that, and that's, that's the thing is maybe accepting that we're not going to know every part of the future, mm-hmm. but there is a future in that what you do, I suppose Uh, is is to help people embrace this next phase rather than see it as some kind of terrible end but rather just the start of something really spectacular and new and sort of a a renewing process rather than a a sort of an ending
1: you don't know how you're going to be you know um Mm. you don't know when we're all day, every day moms. And that's what I became because my children gave me the belonging that I needed. Right. So understanding where I came from, my Mm -hmm. children gave Mm -hmm. me that, that home and that belonging and that purpose. And I dove in all in. Mm -hmm. And when my boys left home, they pretty much left all at the same time. And I was happy for them. I was scared for them Mm. and I felt I still feel a tiny little bit even with all the work I've done I still feel a little bit um surprised at that I felt betrayed Mm -hmm. by how easy it was that they could leave but
0: that's because you did such a great job in raising them
1: right right Right. I thought I'm like well you know you know why why didn't they suffer the same way In, in real life you know I I understand it now (laughs) and it's very clear. I get it. But in that time, I remember being really shocked. Like, how can I feel this? I would never tell them that, Mm -hmm. you know, I, this is not there. This is a very strange feeling. And it, I, I, when my first son left the house, it was, it was hard. Like Mm -hmm. the kind of hard that I didn't expect because my life changed. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, the fear that they're going to be gone and you, you know, and they're, and they won't need you anymore. And it wasn't for several years, you know, and, and I nearly broke that relationship being needy. Wow. Yeah. Um. And I had to really, really work hard to understand why I was that way. And it was because I didn't focus on myself Sure. And my gifts and what I had to give not only to the world but to myself.
0: Sure. Um, But isn't that kind of a cultural thing almost as well? Like to to feel like it's being selfish to focus on any of those things. Like, oh no, I couldn't couldn't do something for myself because I've devoted all of this energy outward, outwardly, externally, you know, instead of what what do I need? What am I good at? What can I share? Because we're right. kind of conditioned to think that that is a self-centered thing to do. Right. But at the same time, and, and I think all of
1: us forget about this, mm. our children learn how to be.
0: Exactly. Yes.
1: Through us, by yes. watching us. Mm-hmm. And so don't we want to teach them
0: mm-hmm.
1: how to be empathetic and warm and caring and generous And also have a really healthy dose of self-love and, Mm. um, you know, kind of that capacity to regulate themselves. Absolutely. So, so it's not, it's not selfish, but yes, like to your point, yes, it is a cultural thing. And that's the part of the cultural stuff that I, it's total BS. (laughs) I'm telling you that's, (laughs) we mess up. In Mm -hmm. that part, thinking that we we have to somehow have our children have to be exactly this and that. And that's where comparison comes in. Like my child's my child's not as tall, my child's not as smart, my child um, throws tantrums, my child sleeps to whatever. And it's it's comparison is a killer for moms and for our children. Mm -hmm. It's all cultural, but if we could pull back just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. and really pull back and look at what what do we really need to be doing what are we showing them we're showing them that we're doers and we're just going to do everything Mm -hmm. that's what happens there's this crazy cycle that happens is where moms we do everything for our children and then we have children that can't do everything and struggle with you know talking back and struggle with um you know feeling um I I can't find the word because it's after six. My brain doesn't work very well after six (laughs) o'clock. Entitled, we have entitlement that happens because you know we're trying to fill all the gaps and we haven't shown how to love ourselves and have our own purpose. Mm -hmm. And then there's the women who do, the moms who do have their own purpose, and they're so they hold on to it so tightly that maybe they push away some of the things that they should do so that it's a balance it's finding a balance
0: For sure. that we
1: all struggle to have yeah
0: yeah but it sounds like what you're what you're promoting what you're suggesting in general it's such a it's bigger than any one person you know it's not at an individual level this is like breaking generational cycles of behavior that is high time were broken. I think these shifts are coming eventually, slowly but surely, but we need leaders like you telling us, sort of maybe pointing out where where mm-hmm. things are have gone off course, perhaps, or where we could do better. Yeah nobody wants to see their kids um, as helpless or emotionally unavailable or all these things that we kind of do ourselves and we're kind of hoping they see that and go, oh, no, maybe they choose a different path for themselves. But if they don't know how to choose a different path, they can't choose a different path, right? Because all they've learned right. is... Grown up in
1: exactly and and there's value in a lot in what we've grown up in but it's also you know so one of the first things i talk to moms in in my coaching programs Mm. um one of the first things we talk about are those cultural cycles what are those because some of them are highly valued and cherished and and they if they do resonate with who you are that's absolutely beautiful Mm. but if they don't Mm those are the things that we have to look at we have to look at at the cultures where you and i we live in different countries so there might be some that are that are some things that we have that are very different but Mm -hmm. at the same time when talking about our humans we're raising humans we are thriving we're not even close to done when we become empty nesters so But it feels like we're done, right? Because a huge job just happened. A huge job just changed. It doesn't end, but it changed. And for many of us in almost any country, Mm -hmm. any society, we have these roles. Mm -hmm. You know, this role is very important. In the Western society, we become empty nesters. It's an expectation. Child goes off to university and, you know. My children said when they were 21, I'm an adult now. I have to have all of this stuff done. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, I have to have all of this right. I have to have, you know, all of the answers and, and almost any other culture. Our young people stay close to the family unit. Mm. That's why it doesn't, it doesn't feel natural for our children to be gone. And that's why it is so difficult because they're still very young. Yes, they need more responsibility. Yes, they need to launch and start on, but they need to understand. They need that safe, they need that safe space to come back and not have it right. But we don't, our cultures don't provide that for them. And that's awful. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so we're putting, you know, children and then our children are having children. And it's, like you said, it's a it's a huge cycle. and what it really comes down to is that we really need to pay attention to the whole of it, not just just the kids, not just anything. We have to. yeah with Grace. Grace..
0: Ooh even better. (laughs) Just add that in Just (laughs) with grace, with grace, (laughs) with grace. (laughs) So you don't cling to their legs. They please don't go, come back. I love you. Why don't you love me the same? Yeah, maybe (laughs) that's not going to work with grace. Um, Very cartoony. Grace for them and grace for yourself. Absolutely. absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, what do you think, based on all of this incredible stuff, all the things you've overcome, all the things you've achieved, um, despite whatever odds, and perhaps because of whatever odds you had before mm. and against you? What's your greatest triumph? Do you think, Leon? I
1: think my greatest triumph really happened internally. It was a it was an internal shift. It was a click um, that kind of go, went back to understanding that nothing is perfect. Mm. And that all of the answers that I need are live inside of me. It, it was, it was a, it was a big internal shift. I wasn't looking for that person to save me anymore. And that happened, I would say maybe only 15 years ago, you know, and it was, it was beautiful and empowering mm-hmm. and gave me a lot of space and opened up just roads of there's no, I don't, I don't live in comparison. Yeah. I don't live in fear. I truly don't. Mm. Um, I am very peaceful inside. There are things, entrepreneurship. That's something <laughs> <different>. Um, <laughs> so my biggest, my biggest <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I would say that it was the internal shift when I, when I realized that I didn't, I didn't need permission to
0: be amazing. Um, because realistically yeah not everybody has that shift ever like not everybody has that realization some people just sort of churn through with the old patterns and never stop to challenge what is or or to really find even if they try sometimes to find what fulfills them and and how to live with peace in their in their hearts Uh, which is so that's an enormous triumph to be able to say yep figured it out yeah <laughs> i'm good
1: even when i'm not good i'm good it's That's fine awesome. yeah. yeah yeah arguing please. with what is fighting <laughs> with what is arguing with what is is what brings
0: the most suffering mm. so you just it just is yeah. so stop trying to argue with it embrace it and roll yeah. with it and find there your, we go. On your yeah. own path love it very cool yeah. yeah all right what's something that surprised you through all this I think
1: also, I think the the thing that surprised me is that um, once that shift happened, I knew and I knew that finding that was something that was a gift that I could share. Mm. I needed to learn how to share it. Um, A gift that I could share. It was that I wasn't afraid once I had that in me, I was, I was surprised. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's terrifying. Go jump out, be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And aren't you terrified? And I was not, (laughs) I am not afraid. I know. I
0: know. Beautiful. And then, well, this is your, this is your life's work now, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is the kind of your purpose beyond parenthood, which we all, I, I honestly believe that we all have a purpose, whether we find it or not is a different, yeah. like a higher calling, whatever, however you want to phrase it. So I, I kind of feel the same way about what I do as you of like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. There are things about it that are difficult, but it's not scary. This is just what I'm supposed to do. I think that's, that's kind yeah. of what you're describing, right? Yeah. Yes difficult <laughs> it's difficult it is but how much better is it doing stuff for yourself even when it's tricky or difficult or difficult or any of the uh, yeah. yeah. it could be, compared to doing stuff that just doesn't inspire you for somebody else when uh, it's just a there's no, there's no comparison. Yeah, There's none. Mm -hmm. I would rather
1: struggle and to figure things out and work through things and get it wrong and fail Mm -hmm. my my own thing, especially because I know that everything that I'm working on is just putting me closer and closer to the people who need me. Exactly. Because that's, that's the ultimate goal is I want to change things. I, I want to change the future. For moms and I mean moms are the architects of the future. There
0: you go. That is deeply profound. (laughs) I love it. And you're you're absolutely right as well. because that like what what bigger relationship really is there with a child to his mother? Well, all right. Second last question. You ready for this? (laughs) Ready. In in all of this stuff, and like I could I could guess at some, but is there a specific moment throughout your life that you wish you could have a do over on? Yeah.
1: So when I lost my mom, yeah, I was there. She, my mother, had cancer, and she had had a, a meningioma, which was a it's a brain tumor yeah. that wasn't her cancer, but her her last year was was very difficult. And because she had had brain surgery to have the the tumor removed, she was, she was difficult to communicate with. And I wish that, um, well, not that I could have, but I, I wish that I had known that this was her last year. And I, I wish that I had, um, that our time together wasn't, wasn't so difficult at the end, you know, because our last, our last time was, was because of her cancer. She didn't really, she didn't trust me. So that was very difficult. A little bit of dementia setting in that we didn't recognize that was what it was. And, and so if I could have a do over, it would be probably that last week with my mom Mm.
0: because Yeah. yeah.
1: I do have, I do have a beautiful memory, um, from that time. I mean, I had, I had to tell her that, that she was dying. I I mm. had to be the, I got to be the person. Yeah. That's the better. I got to be the person to tell her that, that she wasn't going to check out of the hospital and I got to be the person to confirm that, that she wanted medicine that would keep her comfortable. Um, and just just the week before oh. she reminded me that I was her first love as her oh, first child. Beautiful. And and I do cherish that. Mm. And so and really that that is that is something that brings me great comfort. My mother, after all of it, right, after I ran away
0: mm.
1: when I was 19, with my child, I ran, I ran to my parents, uh, because they were, they were, they were away from that place. And I ran to them. Gotcha. Um, cause remember I, I know it's a little confusing, but I was married. And so I lived with my husband in a different state and I left mm-hmm. and I ran to my parents and, and I were was able st- to build a relationship with my mother.
0: Yeah. Early on, were they still in the original community or had they no. left or, or how did they, I- they had the oh, whole that's a, that's a very long
1: story. <laughs> okay. but the commute my my mother owned a lot of property in Oregon and up in Washington state sure. and she signed it over to the community and then they left the community
0: gotcha.
1: my mother and and stepfather left the community and but I had been married. Mm-hmm. so I lived in a in a different state. My husband left the community almost right away after mm-hmm we were married so I was separated from my family at 14. It's terrifying yeah absolutely frightening
0: you know it's different if you're living it yeah than if you're hearing about it you know Um, yeah well yeah well obviously the stronger most resilient version of Leon is here in front of us and it's it's (laughs) spectacular to hear and to to know that despite all odds you've you've just become the most fascinating warm-hearted beautiful human known to known to anybody and that sort of the parenting <laughs> part of you uh, <laughs> I guess it must have shaped you on some level about what you want for yourself for your family and and what you don't want as well like you, mm-hmm. in your I family. knew I, yes absolutely I think uh, the one thing
1: that even through all of that my mother was able to instill in me is that I was always loved by her mm. I, I was she loved me Beautiful. and um, that was important. I never wanted my children to feel unsafe or unwelcome. And I think, and I wanted to know, I wanted them to know that they belonged. Um, belonging is, is still a very big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, and I do carry that into my coaching. It, it's probably a, a big part of who I am is belonging. We need connection. Mm-hmm. We need connection as humans. We need connections. Women need women. Yes. We need relationships that feel safe Mm. and nurturing and we need it from our children and we need it for our children. We need it in our relationships and our love relationships and we need it in our friendships. True. And there is too many things that are pressing against us Mm. that create disconnection. And so I want to invite women and moms and their children mm-hmm. to create more opportunities for those connections, to look for them and to build them and to nurture
0: them, because we get lost in not doing that. Yeah. Ah, oh, perfect. So we get lost because it's really easy to be distracted from the path, right? There's so many other like potential demands on our attention, on our time, on our emotions, whatever. But really what matters is that that foundation, the foundational stuff. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is probably a perfect segue into, Leon, what's your parting lesson for everyone listening? Oh, well, I, my parting
1: lesson is that, we have we have an opportunity now we have an opportunity to become what we we all need mm-hmm. to stop fighting with what is what is what's the truth what is the truth and the truth is that we're not we're not required to do anything but love each other and support each other there's no reason for anything else beautiful god will do the rest
0: mm-hmm.
1: We don't need to compare ourselves. We need to look at our uniqueness. We don't need to live in judgment. That's somebody else's job. It's not our job. We need mm. to create connections and stay out of judgment and stay out of comparison, mm. especially for ourselves. Because <laughs> when we create those connections for ourselves, we open mm. up our hearts in our, for ourselves. All of our flaws, all of our great gifts, mm. we open
0: those up. Then all of those connections that we need show up. Beautiful. That both sounds like a massive ask and an essential thing to be doing at the same time. If you're not doing it, get exactly. on it right away. <laughs> and if you don't know how to do it, hey, you've got Leon in your corner. So if anybody here. wants to actually sort of connect with you, build those connections for themselves, start their their healing journey uh, as far as their, their parenting goes and, and who they are, the purpose, all of these things, these amazing things you teach, how can they find you? How can people get in touch with you, Leon? Um,
1: I I think the, the best, the easiest way to reach out to me is through my website.
0: Yeah. It's
1: leonesure.com and l-e-o-n-n-e sure s-h-e-r-r.com perfect and um, we'll that is
0: as well we'll make sure okay wonderful
1: <laughs> that's uh, the wonder mama and just you can read a little bit about me i didn't share as much of course on the website as i did today with yeah. lizzie i have i have a facebook group where that i nurture moms in and um yeah that's start start that way let me know if you need me i am here and let's just change the world together does it need this
0: fun let's shall we just because you you also you said to me before that you've got uh, a group coaching program about to be released. I, the thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I have, I have a group coaching, the wonder mama rises. Amazing. Let's go mama. It's a group coaching program that meets once a month and it is ongoing where I teach um, some incredible tools and we talk with other amazing, amazing mothers and we go over all of the steps that it takes to kind of open up your heart and open those, those connections that we need. I have, and I also do have one-on-one coaching programs available and a mentoring program.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, How deeply, how desperately we need sort of a a mentor in our lives kind of give us the uh, emotional education or the spiritual education that perhaps we (laughs) liked at some point along the journey. It's what you do so beautiful,
1: Leon. Thank you. Can I just and then the last thing I want to say for the for the people who are just want to check me out and maybe do some work with me, I do have a book club. It is a personal developed book club. It is the Wonder Mama book club. We meet on Wednesdays. Nice. Um, and we do some group coaching in there and yeah that's cool just come and, and check us out
0: you guys finish yeah. a
1: book a week no we don't oh. we we <laughs> are no 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 we meet weekly on the chapters that we that we've read oh. and it is only personal development we are currently finishing up atomic habits by oh, james Clear. Right.
0: yes what a wonderful um book. and
1: yeah it's been really really great and um next month if we it's it's about a book a month nice um but it is, it is powerful and um, some incredible moms in there to learn and grow with. And that is free to the members of the wonder mama.
0: Ah, there you go. See, you you had me in a bit of a panic thinking I'd have to read a book a week when I'm currently sitting at about a book and a (laughs) half a year, but onwards and upwards. (laughs) Yes. It's
1: wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. We we've, we've, we have, I don't know about 15, 15 moms that meet every week and we, we have assigned chapters and we all come back together and talk about what, what we've learned together, different
0: vantage points. It really solidifies their learning. Fantastic. What a fabulous thing to do. It probably kind of keeps each other accountable as well, you know, like yeah. You know, to do something that's kind of expanding your minds, but also giving you some some. I would call it self care to be able to sit down and actually read a book that you know. It's self care. Just... It's yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and what else? We the other thing that we've learned with the with the book club that it also is building community. Totally. For yeah. for these moms that that um the empty nest or moms that are really struggling with community and connection, so it builds a different a different level of connection with women that you might not know, and it's Amazing. all online.
0: Yep, we do it on so Zoom. You can join from anywhere in the world. How exciting! Well, look, yeah. Thank you so so much for your vulnerability today and sharing a yep. story that I know is deeply personal and and not mm. ever shared really that publicly before. It's very no. It's an honor to have to have heard it uh, firsthand and to. To witness, I suppose the 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 progress, like we're sharing the progress from from early days to the like magnificent human that is Leon today as well. <laughs> thank you, thank well, you so, for giving me a space to do that. Yeah, well, look, this is this is um, definitely a very unique story that everybody needs to hear to understand that there's really no barrier that can't be overcome um, if you've got the right. Uh, attitude, I guess, is the starting point. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yes, it's time for us to hang up our mics for the day. I'm sure you're ready to get to bed. It must be quite late for you. It's time for a snooze and probably just recover. So, look, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you're doing uh, for, for all of the mums across the world who just need a little bit of Leona in their lives, a little bit of guidance. So thank you again for sharing your story. Um, That's kind of it for me as well for another week. I hope everybody has a fantastic day, week, month, year, whatever it is, by the time you listen to the next one. We'll catch you next time. All right, have an amazing time. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, bye. That's it for another episode of Storytelling Magnificence. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then I'd love for you to tell your pals, leave a review, like, share or subscribe. Whatever helps us get our stories into more earholes. I'm about on all the socials at Write at Copywriting. And my name, Lizzie McCauley. Until we do it all again next time, keep doing you. See ya.